who missed it, the Academy of American Poets announced its 2021 Poets Laureate Fellows. These 23 people will serve as Poet Laureates of states and cities across the United States and will be leading public poetry programs in their respective communities this year. Marcus Amaker, Poet Laureate of Charleston, is among those honored with this distinction. So let's talk with Marcus Amaker. If you had to introduce yourself to someone, how would you introduce yourself? I would say, I'm Marcus, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a Prince fan, <laughs> um, and then things things go from there. Being a father and being a husband are the most important things to me right now, so I'd rather almost be known for who I am rather than what I do. Um, and I think that that's a realization that came to me. Uh, the older I get, so the sharper in mind I get, the more I realize that that's really the most important part of it. Let's talk about the year 2020. What a year for every living being. Um, how did you? How did you do during this year? And in such an important year for you, with your daughter being um, an infant during this difficult time. How did you do during this year of the pandemic? There's a lot of different levels to 2020 for me. Um, on one hand, it was abundant uh, because of Ray, because of my daughter, and because we were, my wife and I were lucky enough to have a uh, wonderful nanny around as, as well to help with Ray and be there as we um, continue to work. So it was um, abundant on that level. Um, my graphic design business took off, so I really had a whole bunch of uh, work that I was doing. Um, I'm, and uh, I'm a member of the Emmanuel Nine Memorial Foundation team, so I really worked on that website a lot and really kicked up a lot of that work, as well as the work that I did for Charleston Jazz the magazine that I designed. Um, so yeah, so work-wise was good. Uh, being at home with Ray was really good. Um, but then there's the other side, side of it, like just the mental health stuff was a little bit of a challenge as it was challenging for a lot of people. Um, I'm a social person. I'm, 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 I'm definitely an introvert as, as well, but there's a social side of me that I really love. Um, so putting that social side to the side was a little bit of a challenge for, for me. So I found my, myself a little bit more obsessed with social media, um, a little bit more tied to my phone, you know, um, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, you know, so things like that. So I think that it was a challenge on that point. Um, but there were a lot of things to be thankful for. Like I uh, released my eighth book um, last year and that went really really well and I learned a lot about the business side of things because I could really focus on that more so I started an LLC and I really got a handle on what it meant to have a successful book so like shipping books out and printing labels and things like that so um, so yeah I learned I learned a lot about myself as I'm sure a lot of people did during last year but was thankful for my health and thankful for my family's health. 
when you learned your wife was expecting, did you write anything that day? I actually didn't write anything that day. I started to make music, though. Music was the way that music uh, was expressing what I was feeling at that time. So I started to write some new um, instrumental songs and things like that. Um, the, the, the writing came a little later in that process when she was about four or five months pregnant. I started to um, write, and then definitely when she was born, when, when Ray was born, um, that's when a lot of poems came. But one of the first things that I did uh, creatively when... Uh, my wife was pregnant, was sample uh, the baby's heartbeat. So, you know, at the ultrasound, when we first heard the heartbeat, I had um, my recorder with me and I sampled the heartbeat and made that into an instrumental song. written um eight books now mm-hmm. yeah do you have a favorite <laughs> do you have one that has where you have a particular fondness for one yeah uh the ninth book no um <laughs> so yeah so i think that yeah usually usually the latest thing that i do is my favorite so this last book the first of all things really really to me uh it's my strongest work it's the work that i spent most time on editing um, is the work that I really, really sat with um, the longest too. It wasn't as if I wrote it and just, and just like immediately put it out there. And that's true of a lot of my older books, which I really, really loved those books as well. I recently reread the first book that I ever did. And my style has changed a lot since then, but that person's voice is still here so but this latest book you know the birth of all things to me is uh, the best representation of my work and, and it also uh, i it's, it's also a reflection of reading a lot of poetry and this latest book it has the first poems are about my daughter and i really really allowed myself to free myself up uh, creatively to write about whatever I wanted to so I think that there's or at least I put a pressure on, on myself to always write about social justice or always write about things that are in the, in the news right now and I was like no I really I really would like to write um, a poem about that stuff but I also want to write about Star Wars you know because I'm a huge Star Wars fan so it's yeah it's it's the most honest uh, representation of myself right right now and the evolution is constant isn't it that you you know you do something you look at your work and it hits you in a particular way and then you grow you mature personally and professionally and then you re-examine your work and you, you think wow you know that's where I was at that particular moment when I did that I think it started with um, the book before this empath is a book that opened up a lot of doors for me um, and I know that 
well, at least I feel like, you know, uh, 100 years from now, when I look back on that book, I'm like, oh yeah, like that's still a big part of me.、Um, and the, the, the first book, which I put out in 2005, I read some of that work and I'm like, I don't know who that person is anymore, you know, because I think I was still. Still, still growing and finding my voice, but I think with the Empath book, I, you know, my voice was found. Not, not that I'm、um, unopen to change, you know, and all that stuff, but it feels more authentic. We all certainly were、uh, reminded of how important poetry could be when we heard the young poet who spoke at President Biden's inauguration, Amanda Gorman. We've learned that quiet. Isn't always peace, and the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always just is.、Um, do you think that the excitement that came along with listening to her、uh, read the inaugural poem,、um, that that re-energized this art form? I think so. Yeah, I think even even without、um, that. That we would still be talking about it in the same way because there's simply with、uh, the social awareness that bigger corporations are now having with、um, with social justice and being able to say you know that my life matters. Um, um, uh, uh, poetry has has definitely been a part of all of that. So I think that、um, having Amanda. At that moment, for President Biden, was really, really great. And two, I think that what I really love about what she has been able to do is just to normalize the conversation around being a a poet, because she did exactly what what poets do. So you were compelled to、um, work with students, the virtual poetry for students. Tell me about that program and, and what you do. When I first moved to town in 2003, I, I started doing a lot of that work then, just doing one-on-one experiences with with students. But it wasn't until I became poet laureate in 2016 that I really stepped up what I was doing and creating lesson plans and being able to、uh, be flexible and work with. Second graders, or work with college students、uh, in teaching po- poetry. So usually, it's either getting students to understand figurative language and how to write in those terms and, and understand poetic terms, or for high school students, it's a lot of it is getting their emotions out because there's so much going on when you're in high school.、Uh, you're learning about yourself and other people and Um, or it's really content heavy as well, so I can go in and and really talk talk about like a social justice issue and have have a discussion around that, and then teach、um, students how to write about things that are happening. So yeah, it's it's another way for me to connect with people.、Um, I always go into a class classroom and and remind them that I'm no different. Than them, really. Let's talk about 2016、um, being named poet laureate for the city of Charleston. What does that mean, and what are the responsibilities? So、uh, that means that I am a voice for here、uh, in the in the 
city and I'm a voice for artists because now I have access to the mayor. I get to see um, choices that are made in the city as far as how arts uh, arts are funded in 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 Charleston um, and definitely providing opportunities for other um, po- poets because I. I do think that the literary arts could use some um, love on, on a nation, on, on a national scale. Um, but also it's just being called on to put a poetic spin on things that are happening in the city. So, you know, when Calhoun came, came down, when the statue came down, I was asked to write about that. Um, when uh, the mayor was, you know, inaugurated, I was asked to write about that. I've been asked to write poems for the Citadel, for uh, the Wine and Food Festival. So it's it's been a really wonderful experience to make sure that people realize that, that you know, poetry should be a part of the conversation because it's a really flexible art form. You know, you can put poems almost everywhere. You can just print out poems and put them on, on the wall or put them on the back of restaurant menus or things like that. So I'm always there to try to make sure that people realize that poetry can be a part of the conversation. You wrote um, a poem that focused um, quite a bit on social media, and it's very difficult to communicate in 2021 without using it. How do you balance that? Is it a place that can be dark sometimes for you, or do you find a lot of good in using social media and, and what you read and the whole art, if you will, of scrolling, scrolling, scrolling for hours. The shadow side of social media is it's obviously tracking us and it's use, using us for advertising. I mean, that's that's really how it keeps on going is that it's targeting us for advertising and hoping that we buy those, you know, those hip shoes or that hat or whatever that I get tagged with all the time. Um, so that side of it is part of its shadow side and and also i think the tendency for people to just show the highlights of their life you know they're always um people always smiling and and uh you know like lightening up the photos to make ourselves look um some sort of way that we wish that we looked things like that there's so much sort of darkness or and, and shadowness there um i think that what's good about it are being able to connect and also that interaction that you really can have with somebody if you are intentional with with it. I've been able to really connect with a whole bunch of different artists and stuff and people who I people who I support or records that I have. You know, you can send a message to somebody and just let them know that you like their work and things like that. And I was you get that interaction is really a positive thing especially if you're an artist um so yeah it's there are so many wonderful things about it but i am still uh, it's still a challenge for for me because it's designed for you to scroll you know it is definitely designed for you to spend time on it marcus have you had to pick one that you could do one art form where you would spend all of your time, what would it be? Music. Uh, 
easily almost <laughs> yeah yeah i love making making music that's that's my thing i've put out 30 something albums now and it's electronic music or it's me doing poetry over that but um there's something about sound uh and linking up synthesizers and drum drum machines and samplers and stuff that i really really like so um, i'm a big fan of nine inch nails and just that aesthetic and that vibe um i just love and ambient music and things like that i really love so so yeah music is my thing Marcus, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to read a poem of your choosing, something that you love or you feel is right for the moment, anything. It would just be wonderful to, to hear your voice and your words. This is a poem in my latest book. It's called uh, The Sequel. The flesh stretches with age, muscle, and bone until it learns its parameters. The rule book of nature can have many chapters, but there is always an ending. Always the author's last word typed out on recycled paper that's easily torn, soul ripped from storyline. But the mind is not a prisoner of time. Imagination invented the book and the brain made the paper. A good story can last for generations and inspire new narratives, even better than the last, more powerful than any pre-planned plot twist, rewriting and reinventing itself until your history is reborn. That's that poem. Wow. And I was thinking about legacy there, obviously, just thinking about how stories are passed down um, I'm, I don't have any of my grandparents, um, with me in physical form anymore. And that was one of the things that I thought about, like, but their, but their stories are still here. So I was thinking about that, with that poem. Marcus, that was beautiful. And I mean, just, and it, it's the, the joy of poetry. I mean, I feel as if I wrote that. <laughs> You know, I I feel as if I wrote that because as a journalist, that's what I try to do. You know, I I don't think of my legacy or what will my legacy be, but I think of the joy I get in telling stories. And it's not for me, it's for those who I won't meet, for those who will live here long after I do. I'm just always thinking of a way to share a story someone else might appreciate and um and might in some way do something to you know their lives or to them so that's yeah. absolutely amazing i appreciate your selection yeah 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 thank, thank you i actually just had a book in front of me and just flipped it open to that page i was like oh yeah i, I haven't read that poem out loud in a while so Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Well, I promised you that I would not take up much of your Sunday, as I know this is probably family and work day. So I will put a pause here unless there is something else you want to add. Yeah, actually, uh, one more thing, uh, one thing 
to add. I have a couple of projects coming up that I'm um, excited about. This one is a kids book that I'm working on with Nathan Durfee. Uh, he's a local illustrator, and it's all it's all about black black music. It's sort of like a black history lesson with music. And then I have an album with Quentin Baxter of Rinky Tanky coming out this this year. That's called Muscle Memory, um, and we're we are finishing up that record, and we're about to really um, take that record on the road too. So I'm excited about that. Marcus Amaker, poet laureate of Charleston. Thank you for spending part of your afternoon with me. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you much. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Carolyn Murray. Let's Talk is produced by David Dixon. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe, write a review, and tell your friends about it. Thanks again for listening. Goodbye until the next time.